the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two kicks off right now. The Bruce Woolley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. Tuesday editions, Topic Tuesday. And uh, If you have something you want to chat about, 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989. We've covered several topics. We're about to cover another one with a friend of the show. But before we get there, I've got to tell you about our friends at the Freedom Foundation. They have been helping free government employees from union bondage. And they do that at optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. Supreme Court decided over five years ago that if you are in a government job, you don't have to join the union to keep it. If you want a government job, you don't have to join a union to get it. And if you're not in the union, you don't have to pay union dues. And the reason, they said, is that government unions are highly political. It's true. And we've uncovered that they monolithically support progressives and Democrats and so if you want to keep more money in your pocket, wallet, purse, about 1000 per year, go to optouttoday.com. And if you want to keep money away from union bosses, then go to optouttoday.com. And thank you to the Freedom Foundation for your continued support of the Ohio Press Network. All right. Lad Dilgard is a political commentator, political strategist, founder of BW Strategy Pack, which helps – Families really understand who's running for school board, and he's had quite an impact in the Big Walnut local school district in Delaware County. Lad, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Jack, I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So it is Topic Tuesday. Uh, What's on your mind? Hey, I think um, the tide has turned on this woke, crazy nonsense in the educational area, and I, I saw two articles today in the Wall Street Journal. That really, and they were right beside each other. How convenient! Um, one of them was that Dartmouth became the first Ivy League school to reinstate the SAT or standardized testing requirement, and the other one was around San Francisco decided that their experiment of not allowing middle schoolers to study algebra has became a big fail. Um, I could go into detail with on these two areas, yeah. but um, these are—it's just. Rolling back the craziness is what's going on here. Well, you know, that gives me a little bit of relief. I'm going to be very transparent. I, I do I do have trouble sleeping at night, and I don't know what it is the past couple of weeks. I've literally had dreams about politics and policy. Like I'm literally having discussions with elected officials and, you know, the back and forth because we are in a dire time in this country. Um, let's Let's dive into this San Francisco thing because – you know, I was not really strong in math, and, and part of it was I just didn't have the opportunity to do it over and over and over and over again. Now, you try to throw me a fastball, I'll I'll knock it into left center because I spent more time practicing my baseball swing than I did, you know, um, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. But the issue, I think, with this is that algebra in, in middle school helps a kid get to calculus, which helps prepare a kid for STEM. 
What did they find in San Francisco? Well, yeah, you you nailed it right there. Um, So eighth grade is really the gateway. Eighth eighth grade math is really the gateway to higher level math. And if you're going to go into engineering or architecture or something like that, um, that's really where the steps begin. So there has been a wide um, disparity between our, you know, uh, categories of race and and everything um, for a long time. And these brilliant geniuses out there decided to not allow anyone to take eighth grade algebra so they would in inevitably bring the races together in terms of their um, results. Um, so just to read out of the journal here, they decided to prevent students from taking algebra until high school and attempt to combat racial inequities in math by waiting until more students were ready. Parents launched petitions, a ballot measure, and a lawsuit over this. And now the uh, San Francisco School District is reversing this policy. But it's just insane. It didn't help anybody. They've concluded that starting students in ninth grade uh, wasn't helping anyone get better, but their parents were finding a workaround Wealthy parents, that is. They they went out and found private tutors and went to private schools and, and so on um, to uh, to learn math anyway. So this is just another example of woke educational policy running into the face of results and poor results. I was going to so ask. By- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to ask, did they succeed? The answer is no. The other thing that I, I think is interesting, <laughs> parents objected to this. And how many times have we heard over the past couple of years, sit down, parent, you're stupid. These are our kids. You have no clue what social emotional learning is about. You have no clue what it takes to educate your kid. Parents were right here. Newsflash, they're going to be right about social emotional learning, critical race theory. They're going to be right about LGBTQ plus activism. But I digress. Go ahead. That's a great point, too. School districts have good people in them. School boards do, teachers, there's good teachers and everything, but that doesn't mean that we have to march off of a cliff when they say, hey, stop teaching your kids algebra in middle school. So a study by Stanford released last year found that San Francisco's policy largely failed in its equity goals with the proportion of black and Latino students enrolling in AP math courses hardly moved. So now they're studying ways to reverse course. And again, these geniuses, they, they have a proposal now they'll go in front of the school board, um, a path to return to algebra, pilot programs, online and summer options, yada, yada, yada. Just do it. If it failed, just let the kids start taking algebra in middle school again. But they have to have pilot programs and all this, all this garbage. So they just tried to, they just outsmarted themselves and came up nowhere, but wasted a lot of money and hurt a bunch of middle school kids that turned out to be high school and college kids in the process. So I want to quickly say this, and then I want to pivot over to the other story, Dartmouth. But uh, I remember serving, being honored and privileged to serve on a board for a charter school that was founded in the poorest part of uh, Columbus. And uh, lots of black students, lots of what you would call students with gaps, right? These are the kids that they go home and, and mom and dad might not be there. Mom and dad might be high. They might be standing on the corner. Who knows? But I'm here to tell you it wasn't more money. It wasn't studies. It was they came in and there was a very rigid and regimented schedule. You start at this time. You end at this time. It was reading, writing, 
and arithmetic and you absolutely wore a uniform and that was it. And there was a standard that you had to meet. The kids flourished. It's common sense. And we've wasted millions, if not billions of dollars on this other garbage. Okay. So Dartmouth, um, they're going to reinstate the SAT. Why? So they have just, they have finally found out that these geniuses that run the Ivy League schools, Dartmouth is the first one to reinstate the standardized tests that were eliminated three years ago and all the COVID nonsense. So they have determined that they help predict first-year college performance even better than high school grades do. So the vice president of admissions said, we're reanimating the policy. I had not heard that term before, (laughs) based on evidence. He said there are many times since they adopted that policy, he wished he had one more data point on a student to confirm what we think is a high achieving profile. So, again, they they just thought they were going to be equitable and helpful. And in, what they ended up doing was they they, according to the editorial page, who wrote up a big article on this, they said this test optional policy doesn't increase the proportion of less advantaged students in the applicant pool. Colleges made the SAT optional in an effort to appear more equitable, but they did the opposite. They likely did the opposite. So this, again, is another policy designed to make everybody happy and equitable, and it really just hurts the people they say they're intending to help. Meritocracy works. That's the answer. Meritocracy works and meritocracy works because there, there is no shortcut. There, there is no shortcut. Um, success comes before work only in the encyclopedia. I mean, these are things lad we learned growing up as athletes, as students. Um, and we just seem to be uh, brain dead to those. Our brains are, I think COVID broke our brains. Let me ask you this. We've got about a minute here. Um, I put a survey out. And is it is this, if a school district has DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion programming, should it be rewarded with a passing levy? Yes or no? With a passing levy? Yes. I would so say they, absolutely not. Okay. I, I would try hard to defund that school. Absolutely. I had somebody send me a message and said, uh, let me make sure I get this correct. I think, I think she said the Pickerington's diversity, equity, and inclusion guy makes as much as the superintendent Um, until those (laughs) divisive broken systems are defunded. I I don't think that taxpayers should give another penny to those school districts. hundred percent, hundred percent. He's Lad Dilgard. He's a strategist, founder of BW strategy pack, friend of the show. Lad, thanks for visiting us today. We'll have you back. God willing next week. Thanks Jack. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, and you are going to appreciate this. Guess who's here next? Bruce Hooley. So stay tuned. Bruce will be with us for one, maybe two segments next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Welcome back in. It's the Bruce Hooley Show, and uh, I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley. But guess who we have on the line right now? Bruce Hooley, welcome in. How are you, brother? 
Hey, Jack. I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So uh, I teed today up as uh, Topic Tuesday, and I had a bunch of people respond to a video I posted, uh, and they had a lot of topics. I want to run a couple of them by you, if that's okay. Uh, The first is, and then I I even created a poll on this one, and, and this one might be right in your wheelhouse because you are a school board member. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, I'm looking at Olentangy Local School District, but I want to go beyond that. Other school districts that are up for levies. I have a hardline position on this, Bruce. I say that if you have a DEI division and you have money going to those clowns, you, you don't deserve to pass a levy. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it would be very difficult in rural districts now to pass a levy if you were devoting um, a significant portion of your funding. And really, in any public school system now, I don't know of very many where there's such a surplus of dollars that you could spend it on something like DEI and not have a use for it somewhere else. Uh, Certainly, there are programs that can be implemented Uh, for gifted and talented students, uh, for students that are struggling. (coughs) There are a lot of ways to use the funds that you have at your disposal in public education that, in my mind, would be better spent than uh, devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is really just institutionalized racism or institutionalized uh, mediocrity. Uh, I'm a meritocracy person. Uh, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your religion is. I want you to perform for students. I'm interested in student outcomes. And I don't think diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are geared towards student outcomes. Therefore, I'm not a supporter of them. And, <laughs> excuse me, I certainly wouldn't vote for them. You know, it's really interesting to me is I think there are two things that are really important, or a lot of things important, but we take our money seriously in this country and we take our sports seriously in this country. And you know, you know what wouldn't fly in either of those arenas? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like equity and outcomes. (laughs) There isn't an athlete that is a high-performing athlete that would be like, well, yeah, I batted 300, but I'm going to give away 100 of my points to, you know, Mendoza over there. And, you know, he can have 300 batting average and get into the hall, and I'm just going to be average Joe. And, you know, the people who talk about equity, I I always want to ask them, how much do you make? You make more than me. Let's just, you know, take the difference, give me half of it, give somebody else half of it. I mean, these clowns can't even walk out what they say they believe in. Well, I mean, we selectively practice it, right? I mean, we have, I think at last count, I had 132 uh, people at Ohio State in DEI. It's probably mm, upwards of $75 million a year they're spending on that. Uh, we're going to have a Super Bowl in another week. Um I don't think that they're uh, applying diversity, equity, and inclusion to defensive backs or wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, why not? Why not in the NBA? You know, I mean, we, we selectively practice DEI. Uh, there are places where meritocracy is required. And so, uh, look, I think the other thing I mentioned earlier that I think DEI is, is uh, institutionalized racism is that by definition, if you're saying that the only way someone who – Uh, is not white, could attain a position of influence at Ohio State, is if we advantage them solely because of immutable characteristics like their sex or their race. So you're saying that on their own, by their own 
hard work, by their own devices, by their own gifts, by their own talents, they're not going to be able to achieve that position. That is a, that is a racist position. And so I've never believed in the DEI initiatives. I believe it is a clever way to make people feel guilty about past sins, and they are sins of America. They are definitely past sins. But, but I disagree with the Ibram X. Kennys of the world that the way to um, make those sins right is to commit the same sin in the opposite direction. I just don't believe that's a solution to it. I believe it is to empower people, challenge people, mentor people, teach people to uh, develop their maximum capacity and achieve on their own uh, what they can achieve without, uh, uh, because of that mentoring, that coaching, that teaching. I do not believe that anybody is inherently unable to achieve at a certain level because they are born a certain sex or a certain race or a certain nationality. Well said. Hey, we have uh, about a minute here. We'll start here and then we'll, we'll uh, cover the rest of it on the other side of the break. And then a couple others. Can you stick with us for another segment? Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Excellent. So uh, give us your quick 30 seconds on, and we'll talk about it again at the other side of the break on the other side of the break, the Senate bill, uh, the, the, the Senate border bill. What's your visceral response to that? Well, there's a policy part to it and a political part to it. The political part to it is the Democrats are trying to get Republicans to own part of the Democratic failures on the border. Uh, if the if you pass a quote-unquote bipartisan bill and then the border is still a disaster in November, you can say, well, you guys voted for this, and obviously, you know, you own it too. So they're idiots if they pass this and bail the Democrats out of a problem that is 100% their own creation. Joe Biden signed, I think it was 94 executive orders on the day he went into office that have opened the border. He doesn't need more money. He doesn't need more laws. He has everything he needs to close that border. He does not want to close that border. And Kristen Sinema last night said on special report, you know, we need this to establish more detention facilities. Why? Why do you need to enlarge the detention facilities? I fail to see why people from other countries are entitled to come into our country. I do not see it. If I tried to cross into the China, if I tried to cross into Russia, what would happen to me at the border? <laughs> you, I wouldn't be able to be you, on your on the show the next day. That's no, what would happen to me. That's right. That's exactly right. And so I had Rick Grinnell on yesterday, and he was Trump's acting director of national intelligence. And he said, look, Joe Biden can do what Donald Trump did. Same laws are on the books. Joe Biden doesn't have the will to enforce border law. Why would we create more laws when he's unwilling to enforce the ones that are currently well, on the books? It's interesting to me now that the Democrats go back and lampoon replacement theory. They laugh. They mock Republicans for saying that the reason why you want, as a Democrat, an open border is because you want to import people who will vote Democrat. Imagine why. You're giving them free phones. You're giving them Amex cards to use in New York. You're giving them shelters. You're giving them money. You're giving them free trips. And the Democrats themselves, people can Google this. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.